The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. He's out. He's out. Wow. How about that? The biggest underdog on the betting card cashes the ticket. It's like my move. That's my position. It's just amazing when it finally pays off. Andre Petrovsky. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. Fans, a few weeks back, we did something unprecedented here on UFC Unfiltered. We gave you the power to pick a guest for today's show. Be our partner, Socios. You have voted and the results are in. The fan selection for today's guest uh, was by a wide margin, not even close second, is our pal and close friend of the show, Megan Olivi. Check out the Socios app and Socios on Twitter for more UFC fun. Here we are on Unfiltered. Megan, welcome back. Hey, thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm always thrilled to be with you guys, but the fact that I won some sort of contest to be here is even cooler, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, they don't tell us anything either. They just said Megan's on the show, which is always nice when somebody wins a contest who actually likes us. I'm happy that you won. Right. No, me too. I also didn't know about the contest. So this is a very exciting time for oh, all they of just us. just told you that you were a winner? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just say that that makes three of us, but... <laughs> I'm happy. All I know is it could have been delivered a little bit. No, Jim, you did it well, but all I know is by a very wide margin, all our other friends are going to be like, you know what? Oh, right. Well, I was just reading the copy. Hold on. Let me see. Did I say, did I exaggerate? We love everybody. I don't think you exaggerated. I just think you, we have a friend. Listen, we still have, we have Megan. We have Joe as a friend or husband. Don't we? We can lose some. No, friends. but the bottom line is, this, Megan crushed them all. Let, let's be truthful. We have a lot of friends, but uh, it wasn't even close. Um, it, it was. It was a destruction. I was trying to be polite by saying wide margin. You know. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. You know, dominance sometimes has to reign, and that's what I did. It really here. did. This was you. You were basically you were, <laughs> you were the Cowboys of the early '90s, the Lakers of the '80s. Uh, Kamara Usman. Now, yeah, you crushed exactly. everybody. So, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, guys. And I told you, every time I watch you on television, I am, I am, I will, every time you're on, I'm going to tell you, I am stunned by your ability to A, your timing is so good, and B, your ability Thank to you. never do what I do wrong, which is, um, uh, like you just know exactly what you're going to say. You're really a good broadcaster. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Honestly, a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to say. I just feel like if I fake it, and I pretend to have confidence, then it just comes across the screen uh, a little bit easier. We had, you know, this past show had a few 
crazy technical things that were going on. And sometimes you just got to roll with it. Right. Cause like we can't control it. So the best we can do is just, is just go with the flow. Um, no, you said crazy technical things. You mean problems with cameras or sound or something? Yeah. I mean, we, our audio, for some reason, we had a lot of issues. Um, it was an overnight load in. So that means like we didn't have the full, you know, 48 or 36 hours to really prepare for stuff. It, guys showed up to the arena at 1 a.m. And then at 2.30 p.m., we were live with fights. And so sometimes, right. you know, things can just get a little um, more challenging in those positions. So we had a lot of different audio issues. And then um, there were some graphic issues that went on. But everybody just tries their best. And when we see that, you know, when you're the one on the screen or you're the one whose voice that people are hearing, you just kind of have to go with whatever you're seeing and then try to make it as as easy for the viewer as possible. Maybe I'm thinking of another fight. There was one, and they make very few mistakes that I ever noticed, but there was one where the wrong fighter was up, but I don't remember if that was this week or if, if it was uh, it was last week, but I, I, I see it so infrequently. Yeah, no, our team is, they're like almost perfect, but I think sometimes every once in a while, there's just so much going on. Literal wires get crossed that it's, it's when there is a mistake, it stands out more because we don't often make them. Well, listen, we're going to talk about the fights for sure. We're going to review that. Are you still doing your podcast? Becoming a fighter? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, a yeah we- is there another one? No, no, no. I thought that's what you're, I figured that's what you're asking about. Yes. Yeah. Antonio and I, your very talented producer, we're actually just talking about um, the next episode, which we're hoping to record soon um, before you guys jumped on here. So fingers crossed there'll be a new episode soon. If it, if I had it my way, we'd be doing like one per week, but it's, you know, it's a big project and it takes a lot of hands on deck. So um, hopefully fingers crossed a new one coming soon. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Antonio's your producer? Yes. Oh, how's your notes? <laughs> Wait, he's your producer? Or, or? Yeah, he, um, Antonio uh, and Matt are the show's producers. Oh, okay. Jimmy, don't you dare shit on our good friend Antonio. We I love Antonio. Word. I, just, I, I just didn't know what you were saying. Um, oh, so you're trying to get somebody together now. Yes, yes. Okay. Listen, can I tell you guys, let me, let me have a couple minutes. Can I, can I talk about my weekend? Do you mind? Sure. It was such a great weekend. Can I tell you? Please. Can I freaking tell you? The espresso's kicking in. First of all, Jimmy, I did not get a congratulations on my wife's victory. Well, I wanted to wait until you announced it. Fucking four. My wife had her second amateur kickboxing match in Brooklyn over the weekend, and she fucking did amazing. She won her fight. First, um, I forgot the girl's name, GD something or rather. What a sweet girl, girl from Queens. My wife's 38. She fought a 24-year-old girl from Queens, a tough girl. And, uh, and she won, you know, I was there, my, my, my That's nice. daughters were there, my, my family was there, Longo was there. It was great. It was, a, it was such a great time. I'm not going to talk about it too. It, it was just me and you, Jimmy. I'm, Megan, thank God you're on the show. Because <laughs> I'm not going to cry in front of you. I'm not no, gonna, please you do. Were proud, though, Listen, you were proud, though, You were proud. Jimmy, you got the shit. Because if it was just me and you, it'd probably you were come proud. out. So I'm, I'm really happy we have a guest. Because I have to be like that scene in Jumanji with The Rock when he's like, "Well, can we ask you if it was a decision?" I think about my wife, I get emotional. But let me was it a decision? It was a decision. But man, the girl was a ballsy girl, man. She was very, her chin was coming up a little, but she was just going after my wife, just going after. And my wife was getting measured, doing uppercuts, and it's amazing to see because if you haven't met my wife, which you have, Jimmy, she's a very sweet, very nice person. How nervous were you, Matt? I was okay. But I watching okay. her succeed like that, like you, you were happy because you, you know the feeling she's getting to have after winning. Yes, yes. And then, and, and, you know, 
you know, to see her doing from going from just a hobby to lose weight between having on three girls to taking it seriously to falling in love with it. Next thing you know, she wants to try out a fight. She had a fight a couple of years ago and she won. And that was in, uh, in Manhattan at combat at the Capitale. Then a, this other event, you know, came up, same promoter, Lou Neglia. Good. I used to fight for this guy back in, uh, back in the nineties, bro. <laughs> you know? So you're very proud. Yeah. It's nice. You're really proud of her. I'm proud. Listen, it was great. I mean, because my listen, my daughters, they've been to my Hall of Fame thing. They seen me fight on like, you know, but they never seen me fight live. Besides, you don't count that drunk in Vegas. They never <laughs> besides that, they never seen me fight so live. They get to see so, her fight, yeah. Uh, they see uh and Mrs. Terra, uh Sarah fight. And it was fucking awesome, dude. It was really awesome. So I'm very, very proud of her. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that, Jimmy and Megan. So I wanted to just brag about her a little bit. Because yeah. I mean, what a wild. You know As I mean? you should. You know, it's wild. So, you know, it was great. And then to cap it off to make almost the perfect weekend, you know. Well, first of all, we went to L&B's. And- well, Matt, I have a question for you. Did you know, was it like, did you sense that she was going to get the decision or was it like, a, was it a split decision or did you kind of say, no, she's got this? I'm sorry. No, it was 30, it was 30, 27 oh, okay, on the card. Yes. So she won. She won. But, the, but it's funny because she's like, and you know, it was a slugfest. Longo talked about it on his uh, Longo Minute on the Anakin and, and Florian podcast, you know, and he called her a warrior because it was a slugfest the first two rounds because the girl was girl was very ballsy. What a sweet girl. Uh, but she was going after him. And so my wife was, it was like a slugfest. So it was, you know, but then that last round, she started really getting measured. And I, I love that. I told her this. <laughs> What'd you tell her? You guys are, you guys, I can listen. We saw we saw Doctor Strange the next day, which is fucking great. Yeah, but why didn't what did you say to her? Did you, did you give her advice? I told her that it was very impressive. How listen, she made corrections between the second and third round. She listened. She got more measured, and it's just wild to see, man. You know, she got more measured. She started one time. She laid the two left hooks in a row. She kicked around with the leg kick. It was just so wild to see. So it was very good, very emotional, and it was a very good night for the yeah. Series, so. Congrats to her. Matt's a, Matt's a very sweet man when he talks about his family. Oh, it's so beautiful. He's a nice man. Anyway, guys, we got fights to talk about. But also, can I just throw – I don't want to do a movie minute really quick, but I wanted to say, are you a Sam Raimi fan? Because you were in the first Spider-Man. I, unfortunately, I am, but I never met Sam. I was all second unit in my shoot, so I wish I had met him. I never got to meet him. Are you, are you a Sam Raimi fan? Are you familiar with Sam Raimi? Did he do, do the, uh, the um, Evil Dead? He did the Evil Dead series. He did the first two, two – no, first three Spider-Man movies, he did Evil Dead. I love Bruce Campbell, too, yeah. Well, and he's like a horror movie guy, but he did yeah, the Spider-Man series. Well, he did this movie, Doctor oh, okay. Strange and the, Something of Madness. The multiple, I forget the, I forget the whole thing. <laughs> something of Madness. Doctor Strange movie. But I'll tell you, it was like a horror movie. Oh, it was violent. Scarlet Witch. One of my French killing motherfuckers. Killing them. Killing them, Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. And it was, it was like... It was very dark. I'm so, it was a hard PG-13, Jimmy. It sounds, it sounds corny. But for a, for a kid's, for a comic book movie, violent, like a horror movie. I was surprised Disney had the balls to do it like this. It was do I need cool. to see the first one in order to enjoy this one? Yeah, if you've seen the WandaVision series, if you did that, did you, no, nobody. No, it's, Any, no. Well, we're no. no, but let's for everybody. But Jimmy's like, it's, listen, it's better, but no, you don't need to see it. It's such a good movie. That's all. 
<laughs> Megan, this is how we do it. I just babble. Love it. I, this this feels like I'm at home, to be honest with you. So I'm I'm right in the mix. This is totally fine. <laughs> How's Joe speaking of being at home? He's doing great. He is uh, outside with Benny right now. Yes, they're, they're it's like 100 degrees in Las Vegas already. So when you when you walk your dog, I, this is just weird. But I seen something the other day. I gotta tell you about a, a clip I seen of a guy in Queens. Something going. Pick up the, you made a girl pick up a lady, pick up the dog shit with her hand. It was a chihuahua. She's like, it's a chihuahua. He's like, I don't give a shit what it is. Pick up your dog shit. Yeah, no, that's Literally gross. Literally with her hand, picked it that's up. That's gross. That is gross. Do you guys carry a pooper scooper? No, we have like, we have biodegradable bags. So. Are they the ones you put your hand through one, you pick it up and then you pull your hand through so you don't get it on your hands? Uh, uh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You do that. I, I, I couldn't either. That. I couldn't either. My dog's 10 pounds, so it's really not a big deal. If it was a big dog, oh, it right. would yeah. be Especially gross. Especially with St. Bernard, right. so he's bring a shovel. Yeah. Right, yeah, totally different thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the easiest way to do it. I used to walk around back in the fucking 80s when I was walking Geronimo and Queenie around the block. I had a pooper scooper. That used to like use like a fucking claw. Like no, no, no. But also, like Las Vegas is great. My neighborhood is great. They provide bags like every block. Oh, nice. So there is no excuse to be a bad. Neighbor. Oh, they're on like a little pole or something every block. Yeah, because you guys yep. do not much rain out there, so it's probably not going to get destroyed by the weather. Exactly. Yeah, it rains like three times a year. <laughs> now, do you guys live out there because of, of the? How long have you actually lived in Vegas? I've lived here. Um, wow. About 11 years now. Oh, okay. For quite a while. Yeah. What brought you out there? Was it UFC or something else? Yeah. Well, it was to cover the UFC. So my first job um, outside, outside of New York City, I was offered to move to Las Vegas and um, come cover the sport of mixed martial arts, but specifically the UFC. And so it was before the UFC had the TV deal. So we kind of did a pre and post show for pay-per-views that the UFC sponsored. So I moved out here for that. And I gave myself a year because... You know, my whole family's East Coasters and um, I was like, well, we'll see how it goes. And then I moved out and I never left because it is it's the best place to live. Honestly, who was your first fighter interview? Um, my very first, I think might have been Frankie Edgar, but like the first one in Vegas that I remember going to a place to actually interview was Randy Couture. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah, he's a good you always want to get I think mine might have been Liddell. Oh. Rogan brought a couple of guys on. I don't remember who onto the radio show probably around 2005. Wow. Um, yeah, but they, I think they were ultimate fighter guys. I just, I just don't remember. It's been so many years. Yeah. It was just love at first interview, I guess. I just fell in love with the sport and everything that was involved. So yeah. And then once you get to Vegas and you can get through a summer, you can get through anything. Like it's a great place to live and the heat is not that bad once you, once you live through it once. Uh, you know, what's so nice. Not that I'm bringing up my wife again, but next week is, uh, our, uh, 15 year wedding anniversary, right? So we're going to be in Vegas because by chance they want me to do something where it's uh I don't think it's a surprise. I can talk about it. It's, it's the guys and girls, Juliana Pena, uh, that won the ultimate fighter and they won the title. So we, we're going to have like a sit down round table thing. With Amazing. That. So we're doing that. So I go, hey, look, let me tell you, you guys want me out there. Let's bring the wifey and we'll make it my celebration, you know, for the, for the, uh, for the, th- for the, uh, Oh yeah, for the wedding. Oh yeah, for my yeah. wedding anniversary. So, uh, so that's, that works out great, man. So I don't know you're talking about Vegas. We love it out there. We do. It's yeah. the best. You great know? food city. Underrated food city. That's that's the thing that people don't realize. It's not just a strip for eating. Oh, our Chinatown's amazing. Sea- seafood scares me though because the one time I got food poisoning there. I mean, it gets many many years ago, but it was uh, I ate I ate like a crab roll or something. Which you know, you're in a desert. It was probably not the smartest thing to order. <laughs> There's no ocean. Um, I mean, <laughs> it was a bad steakhouses, though. The best steakhouses, I would say. 
I've ever Honestly, been. Honestly, we eat, we go out for sushi like once a week here. All oh, you do? Eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets flown in every day. So okay. I feel like it's it's not a – I think it also depends on where you're going, right, and and the type of restaurant. Do you go into hotels or do you go to restaurants outside? No, we don't usually go to the strip. I mean, we were on the strip yesterday. We went to a music festival, but uh, we don't traditionally go down there unless someone's visiting or we have to actually go for, for work. All right. Well, it looks like our first guest is uh, here. Andre uh, Petrosky is here. Yo, what are they doing over at that Daniel Gracie Academy that they're just Dude, beating everybody? It's crazy. I, I mean, I, I'm sure the stat is correct. Uh, it's 14 and 0 uh, uh, with uh, nine finishes in the UFC. Incredible. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There he is. Oh, that's a fucking Spartan beard. If I have a sword, <laughs> you will front kick somebody down a fucking well tomorrow with that thing on. That is awesome. <laughs> Look at that, Jimmy. That's awesome. That, you probably helped taking a punch with that thing. <laughs> it's cushion. Hey, man, congratulations, bro. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Phenomenal, man. And and first of all, even more phenomenal when it's for, I, I mean, that Nick's Ma- Nick Maximoff, I was watching him like, man, this guy is looking well-rounded. I love the jujitsu. And Knowing that you're coming from my buddy, Daniel Gracie's Academy, I go, this is going to be a fucking grapple fest. And then it ended before it began with that fucking uh, anaconda. That's your move, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. I mean, I, I mean, when I, when I seen that thing go on, I go, all right, this ain't the first time he got this. <laughs> fucking, his head looked like it was going to snap off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my move, man. Uh, I actually learned, like, that whole sequence. I have, like, a whole sequence that I do. I learned from Henner on the show. On the Ultimate Fighter. Oh shit! He's really? got like, a whole sequence. He goes from guillotine to Dar- to anaconda to Dars. And you were the biggest. I think the biggest underdog on the card. And it, doesn't it just show you like that? No matter how much people know about fights and know about betting, it, it, none of that really matters. Like everybody is wrong most of the time when it comes to picking fights. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get it. I was like, I was kind of shocked. But if as far as like, if you're looking at like from a betting standpoint. Um, that does kind of happen. Like sometimes a lot of guys will get hype behind them and they'll be big favorites. I don't know. <laughs> At the end of the day, you can't get too caught up with that favorite shit. I mean, you're locked in a cage and it's a fucking fist fight. So you can be like, Oh wow. Look at the odds. What does that mean? You're still locked in there with that guy. He's got to deal with you. Yeah. I'm anyone that knows me said, <laughs> would agree. I'm too stupid to believe that shit. Anyway, you didn't look surprised when you got that on account. Nah, that's, that's my position. I'm telling you, I've been working that 
that whole sequence ever since the Ultimate Fighter. Let me ask you what's going on at that. We were just talking about it as you were coming in. You're doing something right over with uh, at the Daniel Gracie Academy with with that with that crew. I mean, fourteen and zero. What is? I mean, I know we could chalk it up hard work and all that good stuff, but what's going on over there? I think Daniel specifically is very good. Um, where I see him differently, as far as like the Gracie goes, is his jujitsu translates to MMA very well. He. Um, He's like more, it's more wrestling based jujitsu, positional based jujitsu. And he's very good at uh, like incorporating the ground and pound with the jujitsu. Talking about your jujitsu, I mean, I was actually surprised by the call out afterwards of another great jujitsu practitioner, Gerald Mershart. What, what made you call him out? So I didn't like that he came out and said, you know, I want the easiest fights for the most amount of money. I, when I read that, I was just like, Oh, like, I don't know. That's a bad look. Like, that's like a bully. You know, you just want to fight the easiest guys. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like bullies. Was it? Let me ask you, though. Do you think that he's just being really honest with the emotions of it? Like, do you think in a perfect world, everybody, I mean, you guys will fight anybody they put in front of you. But do you think in a perfect world, if every fighter at the end of it will go, yeah, I would love to take the easiest fight for the most money like that. Wouldn't that be the ideal situation? I think that is there's more to fighting than money. I think that at least from I'll speak from my experience, like like the legacy is more important, to be honest. Not that a dude shouldn't be able to feed, like fight and make money and feed his family. I totally understand that. But yeah, to me, like, I, you know, what I mean, my legacy is more important. I mean, I totally respect that. And not that and I, he might have said that. I didn't read uh, Gerald said to say that. And I hear you, man. That was uh that could kind of, if you're a real, when you're a fighter, that could kind of rub you wrong. But to his credit, the dude does fight anybody. He put comes out and, you know, then it goes away. But the guy does step up and he's always in a fun fight. That would be a phenomenal fight to watch. Yeah, I mean, and he's got like 50 fights. So, like, obviously he's been in there with some of the best guys for sure. And I enjoy his jiu-jitsu as well. So that was like, shit, man. If he wants out for that anaconda, maybe we'll see. Yeah, some- I've actually fought on cards with him before. My first, my UFC debut. In Vegas, he fought. Um, damn, I'm his name. The name's gonna slip me, but he fought a dude and uh, pulled off a submission. He was like the biggest underdog on the card and pulled off the, a submission. But to be as far as like watching him fight, like a couple of his fights, like I enjoyed. Like I'm kind of like a fan of his style, but I even back then I was like, yeah, I want to fight that dude. Like anyone that's really got like it's really good grappling, like. I just, you know, I mean, I always want to test my grappling. I want to see how, like, it compares to the best guys. Was it, uh, was it uh, Duran Wynn? When, when was that? It was on the finale, the, the Ultimate Fighter finale card. Where's Duran Wynn been, man? I love it. That guy fights 185. He's my height. I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, oh, my God. Fight. I think I might be taller. The guy's in there fighting guys like six foot something. Yeah, he don't fight that much. Hey, Andre, so how did you get started? For people that don't know, that didn't see you on the Ultimate Fighter or anything, how did you get started? Uh, so I wrestled my whole life. My dad was, um, ran a karate gym and had some boxing. He wrestled at Penn state. So I kind of grew up, we just kind of watched it a lot, but I was always wrestling. I wrestled in college. Uh, I went to university of North Carolina, wrestled for Kerry Colot. And then when wrestling was over, I just started going to this jujitsu school and I just immediately fell in love. I love jujitsu. That's like, that was like, not my, I wouldn't say my first love, but I, I really did fall in love with it and became obsessed with it. And then there was a guy at my gym that was, that had a fight. He was getting ready for a fight. And I was like, 
I was like, yo, how do you, how do you get, how do you get a flight? He's like, just message this guy. So I messaged the guy. It was actually my coach now, Jonathan Webb. And he matched me up. And then, then I went to an MMA gym at the time. I was just, I would do gi, I would do no gi in the morning and then gi at night. And I just trained all day. Like I had like two months left of school. So I wasn't really doing anything else besides just do, I was obsessed with it. So then I took the fight and then I went to an MMA gym and I started actually like learning more like striking and stuff like that. Is this Philly? You grew up in Philly? Yeah. We talked to somebody else from Philly recently. It's amazing how many great fighters, boxers, MMA guys come out of that city. That, that city really uh, breeds really good fighters. And I'm not sure why. Did you fight a lot growing up in school? Yeah, I got kicked out of a couple of schools. Oh. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It's also a great wrestling community there. Um, yeah, Pennsylvania and, and New Jersey is like prime for high school wrestling. We have some of the best uh, wrestlers coming out of our states for sure. Do you still watch NCAAs or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I still wrestle. Um, I go to um, I was training at Rutgers with their team a lot. They got like uh, Miles Martin, a couple other tough kids up there. But I would go up there once at least every other week and just wrestle, just straight, strictly wrestle. Because this was the first wrestler that I had prepared for. And uh, it was good to get back to some of those roots. For sure. What is the process when you're training and you say, you know what, I want to go to Rutgers and train with some of the wrestlers. What do you do? Do you, do you reach out to the school or do you have somebody do it? How does that work? So when I was at UNC, uh, one of my teammates, his name was Kyle Kiss. Um, he's the coach. He's one of the assistant coaches at Rutgers now. So he had reached out to me previously and was like, hey, like, you know, we got to get you in the room, come up here and get some wrestling in. So then a couple of months later, when I was like, yo, I'm fighting a wrestler, he's like, come on up, you know? So, you know, shout out to them, uh, Jeff Buxton, uh, Goodale. There's some good, they were super welcoming to me. And could you feel Maximov go out? Um, did you feel him go out when you were choking him? I had the anaconda and, um, you know, he, he, he didn't really, if you look at the breakdown, I saw someone else did a breakdown, but he didn't really defend it right. Like he was circling into me. He was running his feet into me he wasn't trying to like post on the hips or, or like create space but what at one point he did start grabbing at my hands to try to break the lock and he like grabbed my hand i thought him grab my hand and that's when i kind of squeezed tighter and and then he just like let go of my hand and that's when i knew that he had gone out and i said it like three times i was like yo he's out he's out and then they finally stopped it Wow, it's vicious uh let me ask you as a jiu-jitsu guy and you love jiu-jitsu so much like myself what do you think of the new, you know, innovation with the leg locks? No, everything which is old is new, I understand. But, you know, the latest craze with the leg yeah. lock. What do you think about that and in MMA? I could point to cases where Ryan Hall, Gary Tonin, even though he got caught, but they both got caught, but they both also executed high-level Ashagrami attacks in MMA. What do you think about that in MMA and in general? I love, I love leg locks i think like it's a very interesting um you know part of jujitsu that you can spend a lot of time like growing in for sure i don't love it in jujitsu just for the fact that you see these guys and that's all they want and then they're boot scooting and it's just destroying like watching the sport of jujitsu because the guy's just sitting in half guard and he's not like when once he doesn't get it the first or second time he just continues to go for it rather than like all right, like, let's try something different because I'm like, you see, it's the same thing with the Craig Jones, Sean Brady match. Like Craig sat in half guard waiting for an opportunity rather than like, all right, like this isn't working. Let's do something different. What does boot scooting mean? I never heard that term. Like pulling guard, sitting to his ass okay. and like not 
engaging as far as like trying to come up on top. Like that's not realistic to a fight. You know what I mean? Picture like a doggy cleaning his butt. <laughs> Don't you should be doing that. Get that out of your head. So Matt, Matt, I got to tell you something. So yes. my, I have this wrestling coach and he was like, do you want to be like the world champion? Blah, blah, blah. And I was always like, you know, like that sounds cool and all, but like, I would much rather be like the guy that like knocks off the world champion. The guy that comes out is the huge underdog and goes down, beats the world champion. And I, I always bring up your name. I was like, when Come he on. beat GSP, like I was like, dude, that's like the shit. Like I want to do like the underdog. I want to shock the world type shit. Hey, Being the fucking world champion, there's a lot of stress. Like you yeah. got the target on your back the whole time. A hundred percent. I tell you, I'm way better as being the underdog, taking the guy off the throne, than fucking running the shit on the throne. I'm like, when I saw the odds came out and I was plus three hundred, I was like, let's fucking go. This kid's gonna be feeling pressure. You you did this the other night. You were the biggest underdog on that card, so you did yeah. the same thing the other night, bro. Man, yeah. He was undefeated, that kid. You gave yeah. him first loss. That's big, bro. That is big. That's step up, man. Thank you, brother. It means a lot. Did you know about, like, the Diaz connection? Like, did you care about that at all? Of course. I mean, I don't want to talk shit, but if I want to learn how to fight, I'm not going there. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, they're tough, and their style works like, well, I don't know what even say it works, but it works for them. But I, I don't know. I don't think technically that's... Am I wrong? Am I saying anything wrong here? No. I mean, it's not, I, your, it's not your style. I can't picture you fighting like Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz, but I don't, I mean, I can't picture them fighting like you either. It's who you are. So it's right. not a bad thing at all. You know what I mean? But uh, you're in a perfect being, you know, with your grappling background to be with Daniel Gracie. And I like what you said before about his jujitsu there, the positional base with the ground and pound, like what you were talking about with the leg locks. I can't watch you. I don't like jujitsu competitions and I love jujitsu. It's my life. And I'm thinking, I'm like, why do I not like it as much? Because in the past, even though jujitsu has never been more effective and these leg locks do, they're fucking awesome. They are awesome when used correctly. But I, I'm like, before it used to be guys used to fight for position. Now guys are avoiding good positions like Mount for MMA, which is phenomenal. I, I always I want my guys to get a superior, if you're not getting a submission, you get that, you get a Mount, a devastating Mount, get back, keep improving your position. Guys don't want to get Mount anymore, of course, on bottom, if they make a little bit of space, especially no gi, they're on your legs. Yeah. So guys are avoiding the Mount. Yeah. Then, then you don't get that Hicks and Gracie or Aljo Sterling type Mount within you know, because they, they, they're not used to re keeping it because they're not achieving it. I don't know. Now I'm ranting about the No, DJ. I agree. So I was the same way. I, I never wanted mount. I would always rather have side control and work for a crucifix. Mm -hmm. And even from the back, I didn't want to throw my hooks in. I wanted to stay in turtle and ground and pound for turtle. That's a wrestling thing. That's it. Yeah, 100%. And then when I was on Ultimate Fighter, Henner, you know, traditional jujitsu background was like, no, we're going to start working on this mount position. Like, you don't want to abandon mount for the rest of your career. Let's start working it out. And, and I actually have been spending more time from there. And, um, like, once in a while, I still get a guy that's real wiry that can throw his legs over. But overall, like, mount, it, it, I, I totally understand. Like, if you're winning a fight, the last thing you want to do is get swept from mount and end up on your back and end up on bottom. But... If you if you are good there, like you can finish fights or mount one hundred percent. 
Now, is this do you, you know, is this uh, apply to MMA as much, or because of the uh, the ground and pound in MMA, it, you're not going to have that as much as in pure jujitsu? No, one hundred percent. And in in MMA, mount is still you like you can see like the Khabib finish on Gagey where the mounted triangle, like mounted triangle, you don't get better than that. That's checkmate right there. Um, there's a lot, yeah. Mount a full mount is definitely has its perks for sure. Because if there's no, if there is no submissions, is that's the ultimate place to strike. Because even yeah. if it does get something back at you, there's nothing on it. You got gravity behind you. And yeah. Again, you can go back, and I could point out many. If many you're fights. not looking for the finish right away, you can take a guy's energy and his will from mount, like in in a much shorter than you could from guard. Oh, 100 percent. I think it's so cool that you you took so much from the Ultimate Fighter. We don't always hear contestants on the show talk about the coaching staffs um, in that way. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, what you experienced there and how it benefited you. And I, I just think that's really great that you had that type of stay on the show because not everyone does. Yeah, I was really lucky. So for one, um, I didn't really I don't really cut like a lot of weight. Well, this one was a little bit more, but on the show, I was my weight was really good. One. And two, my, the scenario was Brian circled us up and was like, who wants to fight first? And I was like one of the only ones that raised my hand. So he let me pick who I wanted to fight. I fought first week and I had all that time off in between. So the whole and I was healthy. So that whole time in between, everyone else is cutting weight or they're hurt or they're getting ready for fight. And every day, Henner would come in and be like, hey, who wants to work? And I got to get on the treadmill. I got to cut weight. Oh, I'm hurt, blah, blah, blah. So every day it was just me and him. He would give me like two hour seminars, two hour privates every day. I was just working jujitsu with Henner. It was like, I can't tell you like, and I was like, how much would this cost? Like it was like thousands of dollars. You, I would have had to have spent to get that type of work with Henner Gracie. And he's like very traditional based. And I'm like very wrestling positional based. He's traditional jujitsu, but his coaching style was like, he's so enthusiastic. I always say he's the perfect guy for that Shark Tank. Oh, he was he was great on that when he did his, he did his sweatshirt thing. There's very few people. Look, I'm like at ADD as it gets. Like, there's very few people that can keep my attention for like an hour and a half to to teach me jujitsu for an hour and a half straight. And he's one of them. Yeah. No, I like I always like anything he's doing. I always like his breakdowns and yeah, very like energetic. He's kind of like you, honestly. Yeah, a more sane version of me. Yes. <laughs> Not as good looking, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And, be, and before you uh before you started fighting and actually knowing you were gonna make a living at, where, where did you think you were gonna wind up or what did you plan on doing? Dude, I'm not I'm I mean, I love like I could do blue collar work. Like I, I you know I mean I love that shit. I love being around like labor work. I like I I I genuinely enjoy that, especially if we're outside. Um, but I never had a plan B to be honest with you. <laughs> I've been yeah. doing this literally like I've, I haven't taken a year off of competing since I was four years old, like no bullshit. I've never taken a year off. Like I've been in this shit for so long. It's all I know. There's something good about that. I feel cause I never had a net either. I've never had a plan B for circumstances that were whatever, like, you know, I mean, so it's like, it, it it, this, it gives you a different type of drive. It's like, yo, I have to make this shit work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, y yes, like, I do know, like, no matter what happens, like, I'll be good. Like, I can fucking work. I was born on the fucking 30-yard line. Like, I know, I know that. Like, I can talk. I can work. I work my ass off. Like, 
I'll be successful no matter what I do. You know what I mean? So I'll always be okay. But I, this was always like the dream. You know what I mean? This is, I, I prayed for, to live the life that I live today. Like so many times, like I spent so much time praying for this life I have right now. Yeah. It's weird. Not leaving a safety net is really important in a way because everybody wants to quit. Sometimes there's always things with my job where I'm like, I, I just wanted to get out, but then I'm like, Oh wait, you, you didn't graduate high school. You got nothing. Like, so it, it is that sometimes that thing that makes people quit or stay. And sometimes when you're like, this is the only option I have to stay. And I think that probably keeps people when they want to leave, they can't. Yeah. I mean, fighting for sure. And, and competition I'll say in general feels like a significant void for me um, that I don't like, I don't really know any other way to fill, to be honest. Yeah, Jimmy was fucking comic, male gigolo. He was like, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm going to go comic. Yeah, but then I realized when I'm a gigolo, people laugh. I can see the male gigolo, honestly. Thank you. He saw that Rob Snyder movie back in the day and it gave him weird ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. Listen, Andre, we got to, we got to, our next guest is, is, uh, is waiting for us, but uh, really good talking to you, man. That was a great fight and, and a really, really impressive win. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of you and we'll definitely talk to you again if you, if you wish to come back. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, buddy, take care. Great talking Daniel, to you. Daniel, I said hello. I uh, will. <laughs> I love that Daniel Gracie, dude. Yeah. Daniel Gracie, I was, listen, I'm 47 now, 23 years old, gringo off in the airport at fucking Rio de Janeiro. Fuck, he picked me up. I never met him before. He's Henzo's cousin, big dude, sweetheart. I yeah. was nobody. I didn't nobody. I was. I had no name. I didn't do anything. It was a purple belt. Took me back and forth to the academy. Aww. Sweetheart of a guy. I'm friends with him to this day. Nice. So that's how you know a guy's a good person. He, he had nothing to gain from taking care of me out there. You know. Shows his character. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Mercedes, there's a rumor that you uh, you train some jujitsu. Is that true? <laughs> That's true. That's what I'm talking about. I like you already. But how long have you been training jujitsu? So, um, actually started like mixed martial arts in general, and, and I would say like 2010. And I met Jay Glazer. I would say in the off season. Well, actually, it was right before I went to the Pro Bowl, and he happened to be in Hawaii with Chuck Liddell. My first experience of walking in a, in a dojo and doing all of that was with Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. And this is in 2010. So they were both still still kind of getting after it, still working yeah, out. Yeah, that's wild. 
And then I started training jujitsu, I would say in 2015, 16 with John Lewis. John Lewis, another old school guy, John Lewis. That's a pioneer. He fought, he fought, he fought Carlson Gracie Jr. In an event that I don't even know what it was called. Extreme fighting, I believe it was called. Back in like, I'm talking like 94, 95 or something. This is some old school stuff. And yeah. John Lewis used to let me use his place. Um, he had a jujitsu school. It was Lewis and Pettideris. And yep. it was uh, he used to let me use that to warm up for fights when I was in Vegas. That's crazy that you that you've been in this a while. Yeah. So I mean it's it's something that you know people always ask me, like obviously I, when they see me training, they they come in and watch me asking me about if I do like fights and stuff like that. I, you know, and I always tell them like obviously. You know, I'm going into my 17th year in the NFL. So if it was uh, a situation where, you know, I only played two years, I only played three years and really give it the attention that it needed, uh, actually develop and like really put my mind there, then I probably would have did it. But I mean, I'm 17 years in. You know, I do it for, you know, to stay in amazing shape. I do it for, you know, because I love uh, the challenge and, and it's something that, um, allows me to compete with what I'm capable of. You're in a team sport, and is there something about like in a team sport? It's 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 you and eight other guys or whatever. But this is something you can just kind of win or lose on your own. Yeah, I mean it's and just like um, you were saying, Matt was saying the jujitsu part of it is, you know, the reason why I love that because there's always an answer, right? And um, you know exactly where you went wrong. You know, it's like, it's just a little different as far as the competition part of it. Um, You know, obviously football is the ultimate team sport and it's something that I've been doing since I was seven. And um, so obviously I love that aspect of it, but being able to compete with what, you know, I'm able to do in that given moment uh, is what turned me onto it. Do you have a belt in jujitsu or? No, no. So I literally, you know, because it was, four months out of every off season, I would be here and I would go back. I just hadn't had the time to really sink my teeth in it. And then right before COVID, you know, I got my key. Um, you know, that's something that I'm probably going to focus on when I retire here in a couple of years and, you know, just, and just go ahead and get after it, man. But you can, <laughs> For the love of it. When you're watching the fights, when you're watching the fights, you've done enough jujitsu where you're, you're recognizing all the positions. And- oh, yeah. Like, no, obviously, when I'm with my friends, you know, they're, they're the casual fans that are like, man, why are they, like, laying on each other? Why? And I'm just explaining, like, yo, he's trying to get to mount or he's passing or he's trying to get to side mount. I'm, I'm just explaining this whole, whole thing. But, like, when I watch it now, I, I, I get it. Did you ever mess around with them and actually go, give me a roll with me and you ever tap any of them out or anything? Um, no, not tap any of them out. I've rolled with Cormier before. How is that? How, how is it rolling with Cormier? It's, it, it's different. Rolling with Cormier is like, I mean, he doesn't have like a, a neck like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> On the choke. It was, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to like choke him, but it was just a fun experience and, you know, obviously running, rolling, rolling around with John Lewis has just been a dope experience. And you don't realize how, like, yeah, you can be a big guy. Like, I'm 6'6", 270 pounds, right? And John <laughs> Lewis is, I don't know, maybe 5'10", like 180 maybe. Um, but the, the strength is different. It's breathing, you know, how strong you are from your fingertips to your elbows. Like, it is, it's a different 
a different type of energy and something that I've, you know, grown to love doing. Have you been able to get any of your teammates um, throughout your tenure in the NFL, which by the way, 17 years is insane, but have you been able to get any of them to join you in the gym or do some of these workouts or even just at least become MMA fans? You know what? I've definitely got them to become MMA fans. Um, I don't think that they'll step into that, that, uh, (laughs) dark side. I think, you know, they're, they're happy just watching it from afar. I know me and Aaron Rodgers, you know, whenever we're in a hotel on Saturdays, we normally watch the fights together. Um, and he's a, he's a really big fan and, you know, he understands it too. And I, and I kind of like talk about the technical side whenever he asks the questions, but you know, it's, it's been really cool being able to, you know, I've been going to fights, I would say, since like 2010. And, you know, Amber over there, you know, she helps me. She's the best. Yeah, she's like, basically, you know, I, I have two tickets on the floor unless I'm not going to be able to make it. You know? So, um, you know, I was able to get in there at a time where, you know, I met Lorenzo Fertitta back then and, um, you know, actually worked with his son because his son was playing football. So, you know, it was just, it's just been a dope experience and something that, I've been into for a very long time and yeah. Every time we get the celebrity list before an event, we find out who's coming and your name, I feel like is on it 80% of the time, which I I just think it's amazing. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. What would you say is the best? I've been to a bunch of fights. I haven't been in a couple of years, Uh, but can you, what is the the most uh, memorable moment you've had watching fights? I think for me, it was Silva's leg uh, against Wyman. That's probably the one that was a bad memory, but it still stood out as, uh, as probably the most prominent. Um, I would say Jose Aldo, the 13 second knockout, uh, versus yeah. Gregor. I think obviously at that period of time, I mean, Jose hadn't lost in what 10 or had the belt for 10 years or something like that. And just the lead up to that fight, I felt like, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, it made a date and then an injury happened. So it got pushed back, but that allowed Connor to build up so much more and momentum as far as. You know, you know, when they were touring and did that whole thing, you know, Connor is like a, a master, like on a fight. So that just gave him more time to get under Aldo's skin. And I think once that fight started, it was just so much energy that Aldo wanted to get out and he rushed the process and that kind of ended that. And I feel like if he had a chance to do it over, I, I don't think he would have approached it that way and kind of took his time. I flew out for that fight. So, yeah, I remember that 13 seconds. It went uh, very quickly. And I think, am I wrong? Did Jose do something weird in the weigh-ins for that fight? Because he's normally he very did. quiet. He did he something. Did he had made fun of his karate. Yeah. yeah. And I thought when he did that, I'm like, that's so out of character for him. Like, Connor is in his head. Connor is, is got him changing the way he approaches things. Yeah, like, that's, that's Connor's thing. You know, like, Jose is never like that. He, he's just stone cold, always looks the same. Seems like he always just has his energy in the right place. And I think, you know, once we once we saw that at the Wands, I was like, oh, God, like, here we go. You know, has anyone ever been in your head like that? Like, have you ever had somebody that you have to go up against time and time again? And they, and they just every time you do it, you're like, fuck, I got to deal with him again. Not in a way to where I couldn't control my thoughts. I think, you know, that's a good question. Like in football, obviously, it's team versus team. But I don't even look at the team we're playing. I look at what linebacker or what defensive end I'm going to be blocking that day, right? Because that's 60 minutes of like, just this is me and you. And it's the ultimate team sport, but you have to win your individual battle, give your team a chance. And um, 
you know, obviously going into my 17th year, I've been able to do that at a very high level. And um, it's just always try to minimize it as much as possible and make it smaller than what it really is. And I've been able to do that. So never, never in my head to where I'm, you know, keeping me up at night, but um, definitely a, a healthy fear knowing that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to bring my hard hat tomorrow. When you look at a career, like you look at a guy like Greg Hardy, who I love it. And I, I thought it was great. He, he played football and then he comes out and he's, you know, he's a devastating puncher. And do you ever look at that and go like, even though you love what you're doing, did you ever let yourself just daydream and go, fuck, that would have been nice too, to kind of split and, and have 50, 50. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, like I was saying earlier, if it was something that, you know, I was, I didn't want to do this really anymore, or, you know, I was bouncing around the league in year four and, you know, I can't find find a team to stay on and I'm always on a bubble and I just want to take, you know, take my interest elsewhere. Then it would have been possibly something that I wanted to would have wanted to do, but um, you know I enjoy, you know, be being very enthused about the sport, being able to train, um, meet a lot of the guys that I've met. Like you know, I, I've met a lot of guys that are champions now before they were champions. You know, and, and it's cool to kind of build that uh, relationship, and you know, we just whether it's talking mental, the mindset before fights. It's the same for me during games. So we kind of share that um, that conversation back and forth to get each other prepared. I have a, this is kind of a weird question, but I like to ask bigger guys this because I, I like to ask our heavyweights this. Because you're six six, and, you know, you walk down the street and you know that, all right, well, I could punch any of these people and it'd be fine. If you were going to get into the octagon and you could be anyone from a flyweight or a strawweight all the way up, like whose fighting style do you love to watch? And you're like, hey, if I was smaller, this would be so fun. Oh, my gosh. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> That's a fun question. I love Frigadale. Ooh. I think his style, he's tough. I'm a little salty over that answer, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, out of everybody. I'm only kidding. I'm not talking. He's just, cool. I think, I think uh, just his grit, you know, his grit. Um, I think my favorite fighter has been Jose Aldo, though. You know, I mean, obviously he's in featherweight, but he he was my favorite for 15 years. Even when he was a WC, you know, what I mean, he was he was just a guy. Um, it, it, it's that's a great question, but it's a hard question because I like being able to be like, okay, I, I like to like I like a little bit here and I like a little bit there. Do you like Jose? Obviously, his demeanor is uh great I, I i wish that he hadn't gotten so far away from the kick I, his kicking is probably what made me love him so much um I, I love guys that beat up legs him edson barboza just you know gate you when he's kicking legs um what was it about him that you liked was that something that you liked about him or was there a style or was it more of a personality thing it was uh it was the fact that he could stand in the pocket and trade and check kicks and return kicks and not not blink like he saw everything. This is when he was just walking dudes down. Um, it wasn't, he doesn't have like a real bouncy style. It's just like, I'm walking forward inch by inch. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out what my distance is. And then it's literally like left hook, right kick, uh, jab, cross, left kick. Like dude, like kept being able to counter with, like he was just, he was nasty uh, when he, when he was able to mix all of that in. He, he's been looking nasty lately. Yes. So now I have a question for you. We've seen, we know it all, it went 13 seconds with Connor the first time. But look, 
not for anything, a minute, two couple minutes and change, whatever it was with Dustin Poirier and Connor, the first match. And then look at how the next two fights went. How do you think a rematch between Connor McGregor and Jose Aldo goes? I think if Jose Aldo has made friends with his demons, I think it, I think it's more of a chess match. I think obviously Connor, he's a master of distance. And I, and I don't think he'll get into like one of those barn burners with him because Jose does pack a punch. Uh, but and I think, kid. and a kid, <laughs> I think Connor, that, that would be a really, really close fight. And it depends if it goes, if it's a three round fight or if it goes five rounds. If it's three rounds, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Jose. If it's five rounds, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's lost three. Connor's lost three out of four, though. And, and the one he won, which was Cowboy, I mean, it was, it was, he still won the fight, but it was the shoulder. Um, it's, it's also got to be hard to be as motivated when you have had the success financially. It's got to be hard after the Mayweather fight and he sold um, uh, proper 12, I think. It's got to be difficult to make yourself get in the gym every day uh, and cut weight and do all that shit. I think I would definitely take Jose in that fight. I think he's addicted to the attention, though. I don't think he's going anywhere yet. I think he likes the attention. Tom. I hope so. I love watching him fight. Who do you think he fights next? I, 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 I'll say it again because everyone's sick of hearing it, but him against Gaethje is the fight that I really would like to see. I just stylistically, I would love to see those two fight. I don't know if that happens now, though. Yeah, um, I would say either Gaethje or Chandler. I was going to say Chandler. Very good. I like what that. What about Tony? Do we think we see him against Tony? Um, I'd watch it, shit. Like when Tony, <laughs> before Tony had you know, the, the the losing streak, like I felt like Tony had so much positive momentum. And this is when, you know, obviously he was on the rise. He was cutting people up from the bottom. Like he was doing his thing. It was either you're getting cut up from the bottom by Tony or a Darce or he's rolling out of that. And he's, he's really whipping people. And I felt like that would have been a perfect time to do it. I just... I don't know if I don't know if that's the kind of fight that Connor comes back to, right? Like we're like, you know, Tony's on the losing streak, but he he's one of the goats. You know what I mean? Like Tony is nasty, AG nasty. Like I don't know if that's the type of fight that Connor comes back to. And what weight? I think that's also important because he's looking huge, and I think one seventy might be a better yeah. fit for him at this point in his physique. Agreed. I know what was it? Chandler said something about potentially going up to 170 if he wants to do that because he's tired of cutting weight too. I think that would be a fun fight. I think uh, either either that or the the trilogy with Nate Diaz, but who knows what Nate is doing right now too. And can I just say in Tony's, um, on, on his behalf there, like, uh, you know, people giving him a lot of shit because he got that foot to the face, which was devastating. But he was, he, look, hey, he was looking good in that first round. He I sure was. He was tagging him. He made first contact. He 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 made his nose nice and red, and he he was looking good. He looked yep. good that first round. So it's not like you know he went in there and he was just getting outclassed all around. And, and it's you know I I'd like to see him again. It's not like I saw that fight and said, oh my god, he better hang it up. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt like too much and get not put their lights lights put out too much. But uh, I'll tell you right now, that first round showed me something. So. No, yeah, I, I was sitting uh, with Brian and his fiance was like right, right behind me. And Brian and I, I mean, we've known each other now for like five years from LA. Um, and so we were talking about the fights back and forth. And you know, just he was just talking to me about when Tony was just just walking out when he's walking out to the 
Carter just had different energy. He looked focused. He got in there, and it and just seemed like he had a swagger back at that moment. And, you know, like you were saying, in the beginning of that first round, he's touching him up. You know, footwork looked amazing. Like, it was – I thought it was going to be one of those nights. So, like, once he touched him up a couple of times, I thought it was going to be one of those nights, like, where, where Chandler had to be like, okay, this is going to be one of them ones that, you know, I've watched Tony have in, in the past. And that was Brian Ortega you were talking to? Yeah. His – I'll tell you, his girlfriend – uh, is it girlfriend or fiance? I'm not trying to speed things up, but what is it? I think they're engaged. Tracy oh, they're Cortez. Okay. All right. Then I'll say it's fiance, <laughs> Tracy Cortez. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I Just because you brought up Ryan, I was so impressed with her ground and pound in her last fight. The girl's name escapes me who she fought. I'm sorry. I don't know if you know, Megan. I'm sorry to throw it at you. I honestly forget she, it. Everything you know, goes out of my brain. Early, it was an early prelim, but I was just, because I was going over similar with one of my fighters, Dylan, the other day, where she was, this girl was going for nasty arm locks on bottom. bottom. Melissa Gatto. Yes, Melissa Gatto. And Tracy was ground and pounding, and then looks like her arm's going to get caught, and she would pelvis posture up, get out of it, and then come back with vicious ground and bound. It's just been in my head, and I've been... I thought it was it was brilliant. So I don't know. That's just my ADD kicking in. But what a good fight that was. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good fight. And it just surprised me because I felt like the girl she was fighting was like maybe a naturally bigger girl. And when she were, when she was going for those submissions and then she like picked her up, I was like, whoa, OK, yeah. this is the type of fight this is going to be. Yeah, uh, so like- it definitely surprised me as well. What was your favorite fight on that card? Charles Oliveira, man. And mind you, like. Just his his aura, I don't know what it is about him. It looks like he just knows something that we don't. And you're talking about a guy that, you know, the scale situation, got booed, took his, his some of his purse, the belt, didn't get the belt, He and, and fighting the enemy territory. He went out there and just, this is it. This is, this is my moment. And the way he did that, and people are talking about, you know, obviously with the submissions and all of that stuff, he got there with these. That fight, he got there with these. Like, that that was the way he was able to take the back. He's just so technical with his hands, and he goes forward with that with that lead leg, and it's, he's just nasty. What do you think they do, Matt? What do you think they do with the lightweight belt? Because Oliveira is kind of indicating he wants to wait. So, like, which I think is not a good move if he doesn't need to wait. Do they, uh, Makachev against uh, uh, Chandler, what do they do in the meantime? I don't think they're going to wait until November. I think they, they fight somebody before. If it's not going to be Olivero, who are they going to put to fight for the belt? Very interesting. I mean, who, what do you guys think? I'm, I'll, who's, who's right there? It's Makachev against Olivero, I think, oh, would be the next well, logical that's, fight. That's the obvious fight to me. But I'm saying if Charles doesn't want to fight, what do they do? I mean... Do they do they do Darius? Do they do Darius and um, and Makachev for the interim, and then bring bring Oliveira back for to unify? I don't think there'd be. A, why would there be a reason? There is no interim. Is there? Is there going to be an interim belt well, or a regular belt? reason for that shit. Why would belt's vacated? Oh, what am I saying? Yeah, the real is vacated. What am I saying? But, yeah, so that's why I was saying he should defend it because if he doesn't, they might put. Well, you know, not, they, he he should fight for the belt next fight. So there yeah. should be. I think. I think uh, Charles was saying that the, uh, Bernil and um, um, uh, Islam, Islam should fight, and then he'll fight the winner. That's what he's saying. What I like about Islam versus Charles Oliveira is the difference is now what you were just talking about. Mercedes was correct. This did get him the title and had him reclaim the title. It was his striking, 
But the difference between his fight with Dustin Poirier and him and the difference between his fight with uh, uh, Justin uh, Gaethje and his, um, his jiu-jitsu because they, they both, Dustin and Justin twice, both hurt him. Hurt him to the point where he had to go to his back. He was over. So they hurt him more standing up. So what was the difference? They're not following him down because they're scared to death. They can't do, they don't have that same luxury. If Justin, when he gets on wobbly legs, he can't go to his back and say, all right, no, because then Justin, uh, uh, Charles will follow him down and submit him. So he's not doing that. The second he got hurt, safety mechanism. I'm on my back. Let me get my wits. It happened in his last how many fights? So it, get, it, 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 it enables him to hang in there longer. And those guys don't have that luxury, man. So uh, I just love that. So even though the striking, striking got him there, the jiu-jitsu just saves his ass, both defensively and obviously offensively. Uh, do I, I have a question for you. Do you think that Makachev rocks him like that or gets him in those situations where he feels like he has to pull guard? I, this is the thing with Islam. Islam is 100% taking him down. These Sambo guys, they are so – they have shirts that are coming on, oh, if Sambo was easy, it'd be jujitsu. I personally hate that. <laughs> I personally, personally, I hate those. I love Habib and I love Islam. I hate those fucking shirts. Somebody comes into my academy with that shirt. It's like the Warriors when they go down the wrong neighborhood. Get the fuck out. I don't like it. Wow. But I'm a jujitsu man. But Islam. That's how much they take pride in that. In other words, I'm going to take you down. Everybody's scared of your jujitsu. He's going to S on your jujitsu. And he's going to meet him in the guard. He's going to look to beat him up. He's going to look to pass his guard and mount him. Could he do it? Could he weather the storm? That Charles is so damn smooth on the floor. That's the fight. Like Jimmy always talks about um, uh, Connor versus Justin Gaethje. My dream fight is the one we're talking about right here. Charles Oliveira versus Islam. That is just, that to me, is amazing. Both on the feet, who's got the edge on the floor, what's going to happen? So, so what about this? So I know Charles got a lot of flack for saying that Makachev needs to fight one more fight. So, you know, when you're the champion or in position, obviously he's a champion just without the belt right now, right? When you're in that position, isn't it about taking less damage and getting more money? And so when you want, he knows that like that's going to be the toughest fight. We know that but as far as like on the money side of it, like to the casual fan, nobody knows who Islam is, right? And so like the building up of that fight is like, you know what I mean? Like I just oh, feel like you think you understand it, yeah. Yeah, he needs to fight somebody that's like in that top five to kind of. It's true, but you got to think if this pay per view buys and he's got a part of that, and all the rushes are getting that shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it might be pretty big. Islam, if he's fighting for the title, you know there's going to be some, a lot of people watching that. We yeah. also, like, it feels like a great main event for an Abu Dhabi pay-per-view. And when you have Khabib attached to Islam as his coach, and he, you know, every time Islam fights, I interview Khabib. And it's it's such a part of those fight weeks for him. I think that also can add to sort of how it's promoted and where it's promoted and everything. So I would agree with you, Mercedes. And I think that you totally understand everything that encompasses you know what it is to fight for a ufc title but i think they can figure out a way depending on location and and just sort of those tie-ins that maybe we see it and they both seem to want to wait till the fall in abu dhabi so i think that could be interesting at least but you'll be in season so that'll be a tough one to go to <laughs> yeah, I like that would be a blockbuster fight though I, I just i definitely want to see that i just i can't 100 percent tell you 
how that will go. You know, like who's who's nastier at their respective arts, right? Like it's going to start on the feet first, right? And like you said, Matt, he's going to take them down. But it's just like, yeah, but are you really going to control him? Like, like, do you think that if he fought Charles right now, he has enough experience as far as like the people who he's fought in the UFC to handle everything? Charles has to offer. Yes, he has. He's fought great fighters. I mean, he beat Drew Dolbery. He, I mean, he's looked really in Bobby Green. But what Oliveira has done in his last five, I mean, the only decision he's had, I think, was was Ferguson, and that was a very dominant uh, fight. So yeah, I think Oliveira definitely has fought a higher caliber of people. And maybe that's just because people don't want to deal with Islam Makachev either. So maybe guys have avoided him, you know, unless they had to fight him. That's a great point. You know what? I can think of. Uh... Danish, this is this is. I haven't talked to Dana, but this would probably be his his dream is for Charles Oliveira to beat Islam, and all of a sudden, Habib comes out of retirement to avenge his teammate. And I don't know. I don't want to start any rumors. Let the guy live. Let him live. Let him eat. Let him be no, happy. I, I hate that for him. I don't like. Listen, I don't want it for him either. But I'm just saying that would be that is. No, I want it for me. I'm a selfish fan. I want it for me. I want to see him fight Oliveira because I think that would be just an incredible fight. Now, I want to see Islam. Islam first. Like, what, does, what do you think Islam walks around at? Because when I watch him, he looks physically so much bigger than everybody that he's fighting. And I'm, and I'm talking about from, like, just lean muscle, the side of his back. Like, he's, he's on guys. Like, when he's on top and somebody's guard, you can't even see them from the bottom. Like, it, it's, it's weird. So when he's able to, like, slice through and get mount. And whether he's got like the like a like a triangle choke or whatever, you can't even see the guy getting choked. Like it, it looks ridiculous. I want to see the grappling exchanges. Just like there was a fight I was looking forward to, and it delivered. And it was it, it's a weird one to, to, to pick, but for me, it's not Ben Askren. Ben Askren versus Damian Maya. It was it might as well have been labeled jujitsu versus uh, wrestling. Because yeah. that's to me what it was. And it highlighted both their strengths where you see Ben also land some beautiful takedowns highlighting the wrestling. And then when he gets there, you have Damian Maya doing leg lock reversals, Uma Plata reversals. Dude, I was just, uh, I love that <laughs> fight. I could, I watch that fight and it makes me so giddy. So I would love to see the combat Sambo versus the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I need to see that. Yeah. I, I, that should be the next fight. I don't give a shit. Everybody stays healthy and who who knows what's going to happen as far as like who's going to fight who next, but they stay healthy. They keep winning. And um, that's going to be one for the, for the real fans right there. Mercedes. Thanks, man. You're, you're a real, uh, real fan. It's always nice to have guys on who like love the sport and aren't just, you know, casual fans. And I'm pretty sure I've seen you at uh, a couple of uh, events yeah. and uh, we'll definitely talk to you again and good luck this season. Mercedes, if you're ever in New York, Long Island, New York specifically, man, you want to stop by my school, you let me know. We'll do some jujitsu. I, I would love to. Um, so I met Chris Weidman uh, in 2000. We walked in the same fashion show in New York in 2016. And we, we, you know, we became really close. And then also Wonderboy Time, too. Um, yeah, so, man, I, whenever, whenever I'm out there, I'll definitely look you up. Um, I'll send you my information. I appreciate you guys having me and Megan. Uh, love Benavidez too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, um, Cody Garbrandt is a really good friend of mine. So, um, awesome. yeah, love you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Hopefully, I'll see you on the sidelines this season. Definitely. Appreciate you. 
I like him a lot. Real he is too. at so many fights and yeah. he's there early on, which that's how you know, right? Like the celebrity section doesn't really get full until the pay-per-view starts, but he's there early because he cares. He knows the fighters. He likes the fights. I just think that that really shows who somebody is as a fan. Well, yeah. first of all, you get people when you ask if they're, 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 they're fans, they go, yeah, I got into it when Conor McGregor came aboard. And now you get a guy like Mercedes bringing up pioneers like John Lewis. John Lewis. People might remember him by getting left hooked by uh, Jens Pulver and getting knocked out. I prefer to bring up a fight with him versus Lowell Anderson. Now, Lowell Anderson is an old school speaker to Hannah Gracie. He used to be a, um, a Torrance Gracie black belt under Horion Gracie and M. And he used to fight challenge matches in, in that Torrance Academy. So there's some tapes of this guy. And then he got in the UFC and he fought John Lewis, who also knows jujitsu. And, you know, you see levels where, he was used to fighting guys that were coming in to, off the street to uh, see if the jiu-jitsu worked. And then he's fighting John Lewis, who is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and knows the stand-up. So he couldn't get him down right away. And John Lewis got him in a tie clinch and just need the ever-loving shit out of him. And it was so awesome. And uh, the reason why I like it is because one time that fucking guy, Low Anderson, when I was teaching over at Hensel Gracie's Academy on 26th street in Manhattan as a, as like a blue belt kid, I answered the phone and he, and I remember this. I, and I remember being a kid, watch that guy in the, in the action in those Gracie in action fights, whatever it is. So I was like, Oh, and he, and he was looking for Craig uh, Kukuk, who was uh, whatever. He was from Torrance. Also, he was there with Henzo. And honestly, this just sticks out in my mind. And I remember answering the phone as like a kid and be like, Oh, oh this is, he's like, yeah, this is, this is Lowell is uh, Craig there. I go, Oh, oh Lowell. Okay. And, he's, and he was just like a prick on the phone. He was very douchey. I remember just being douchey. So I remember that stuck with me. So I'm glad that John Lewis need the fuck out of him. <laughs> anyway, guys, I just went off the, on a little rant. That's all right. But I like to give that John Lewis a little props. Pioneer. You guys are pioneer. I'm back. That's all right. I loved it. And, and so I'm so happy you're on. They, they, yeah. voted, they voted right. Yeah, they oh, did. You if guys Dean are Thomas sweet. would have showed up today, I would have fucking hung up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Dean Thomas. Well, man, yeah, Megan, thank you for coming on today. And uh, thank you to Mercedes Lewis, too. That was really, uh, really nice talking to him. And um, I had never met him before. I think just a brief hello. Um, and, of course, Andrea uh, Petrosky. What, what a fun episode this was. We had such a big show today that I think we're going to review these fights, which we're going to review. We'll do it on next episode. We'll do it on uh, Wednesday. We gotta, I'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah, of course. We'll talk the whole time in, before, uh, in between. Anybody you guys want to uh, plug Yeah, in? Megan, what do you want to promote? Oh, God. Um, you know, just listen to Becoming a Fighter. It's got its own feed now. Um, we have several episodes out. I think you'll love them. And yeah, just keep watching fights and giving us a reason to go to work. <laughs> and, and you know what, Jimmy? I know you're going to plug your, uh, your comedy stuff. But really quick, a couple of guys that were on the card the other night in Brooklyn that my wife fought on. Props to Ann Sarah. I love you so much. Um, also, Jacob Martin, his little wrestling kid that's been with me. He's with me in Longo now. He had his first amateur fight. He did fucking phenomenal. He's a little res. He's I like him because he's shorter than me and he's fucking a tough little. Ah. Also, really quick, Zach Lowe and uh, Dell Ali Matthews. They're trained under my black belt, uh, John uh, Manimal. We call him Manimal, John uh, Benaducci. But uh, what a fucking these two guys. He brought these guys up. They fought the other night. One won, one lost. But they're nice kids. I like them. And that's it for me. Yep. Jimmy, I, I talk a lot, Megan. 
I love it. Yeah. That's what we should do on a podcast. Oh, my saddle box. Jimmy, what do you want to plug? I just go to my website. Uh, I got Jim Thorpe, PA. I got Delaware. I got Denver. I got New Jersey. And um, every Wednesday in June, I will be at the Fat Black Pussycat here in New York uh, working out my hour uh, around the corner from the Comedy Cellar. So that's it. Thank you, Megan, very much. Thank you guys so much. You're the best. I love you. And call me anytime. All right, we'll talk to you soon. You're always great having you. See ya. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye, Matt. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.